Hello and welcome to According to John, where today we're going to talk about self-discipline, where the rubber meets the road. Dude, why is it such a struggle? Yeah, we can talk a talk or we can walk a walk. Yeah, or we can just shoot ourselves and be done. <laughs> We're in a battle. Man, it's such a battle. Hey, welcome to According to John. I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And we're going to talk about godly inner discipline. You say, you made a statement uh, about the battle from the past or something. What was that? You cannot coast on yesterday's commitment. You cannot coast on yesterday's commitment. I love that. The manna came fresh every morning. Yeah. And they couldn't keep it overnight. No. And they tried. It, <laughs> right? Tried and failed. But it would be moldy. It'd be no good. Bread with worms. And, with, and so for us, you know, sometimes we try to ride... We, we try to ride on our original commitment to God, but I'm going to tell you, man, Satan is out there to kick our butt. Yeah, he is. And as a roaring lion, seek, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Yeah, that is a constant process of trying to destroy us. And God allows that. He allows that because he wants us to be close to him. So he uses the devil to, to drive us to Jesus. Right. You know, if we had a... Which, which we know from Job where, because God's like, hey, have you considered my servant Job? God was bragging on Job. An upright man who fears God and shuns evil. Well, Satan knew him because Satan was like, oh, what? Job, what does he fear for? You put a hedge of protection about him. You've given him everything. He doesn't say who's Job. He immediately gives Job's life story, and then God's like, yeah, well, you know what? Uh, do whatever you want, but don't touch him. God <laughs> knew there was something really good in Job's heart, and uh, God was bragging on him. And hopefully there's some of that good in our hearts as right. well, some of this commitment that we've made from Jesus. If it's from our heart, you know, today's commitment is, is my only foundation for tomorrow's victory. You know, uh, praise God, you know, he knocked on my door in 1972 yeah. and I opened it, but that was then and, and this, this is, is now. now. So my only confidence for my strength tomorrow is my commitment today. That, uh, and uh, with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer and we're going to get started let's go because I think this is going to be a necessary podcast. Yeah, this is where we all live. It is. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and love you. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to come before you, to look into your scriptures, to live, to learn, Father, and that we might realize what your word says and that we would commit today to have victory tomorrow. Father, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, guys, so <clears throat> godly inner discipline. Uh, we're taking our, our passage today as 1 Peter 2.11, and it says, and, and, and Peter kind of turns a corner here because Peter's bold, he's in your face, he's a little brash, and, and man, he just sometimes, he could just... You love that guy, don't you? I love that guy, right? <laughs> I do. Too. I just wish he wasn't so slow sometimes. <laughs> it's, like, it's because he reminds me of me, right? Uh, yeah. and, uh, but he says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. <laughs> Beloved, this is for the brethren... Because here's the reality. This passage only applies to the Christian. Mm -hmm. 
That's it. It, 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 and we're going to find, listen, we're going to find that, that, that Peter clearly, well, the, all the scriptures that we're going to talk about clearly separate and make it very distinct that if you're a Christian, you're not part of the world system. Mm-hmm. We're in a new kingdom now. And that requires a new discipline from us. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Second yeah, Corinthians five seventeen. So as we look at this, Peter begins this this whole exhortation of listen. I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, that and and this is implied that listen, uh, as objects of God's immeasurable love, we are to and we have a duty to love and obey. The one who loved us. Yeah, he's put us on a journey. He's with us. He has certain uh, disciplines that are clear in Scripture, which we're that's what we're doing now. Oh, and when we do these disciplines as with his enabling grace, it's going to lead us to some fruitfulness and yeah. some faithfulness where people can look upon us and see something supernatural. Right. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto myself. I know he was talking in the text about going to the cross. But if we go to the cross and die daily and Christ lives through us, they see him. In and that gives world. us victory. Yeah, yeah. We we get, one preacher said he saves us for free and then he pays us to serve him. It's like, <laughs> that's a pretty good deal. right? But this is victory. You know, right at this there's something right on top of my mind as we launch into this. I've been privileged in almost 50 year journey with Jesus to interview a lot of, a lot of uh, preachers and missionaries and, and just godly people who, who finished well. And I look back to them and they, they've, they've honored the Lord. They, they honored their parents. They, they finished their course well. And I, and I say, what do you attribute this to? And every time they say, personal spiritual disciplines. Mm. I stayed in the word. I stayed in prayer. I worshiped my way through, you know, and they're like, Oh, I had such ability. I had such intellect. I had mm-hmm. such a strong theology uh, foundation. No, no, never that. It's just always simple yeah. back to the basics. It, that's how important uh, this is. That's how important back to the, just the foundations of a strong building, the building blocks. Yes. Paul did in Romans what Peter does in first uh, Peter, that word where, where Peter says, I beg you. Paul says, I beseech you. Romans 12, one, I beseech you. I am begging you. I'm imploring you brethren, because uh, this can only happen some if you're passion. a Christian. Some passion in there. I beseech you. I beg you. Um, come on, get hold of this, man. Yeah, li- listen, This, if you want victory, <laughs> this is where it lies. But here's the interesting thing, because sometimes people are like, I can't. That's too much. But that's not what Paul says in, in 12.1 of Romans. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. And again, that's a Christian. Only the Christian can do this, because we're doing it in Christ, for Christ, through Christ that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That word sacrifice literally means that as you're alive, you control yourself, sacrifice your fleshly desires for godly lifestyle. Paul said, I die daily. That's what he was talking about. <laughs> Dying to self, picking up our cross and following Christ. Yeah. And, and by the way, listen, this isn't going to be easy. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, he's like, I'm begging you because this is a tough thing to do, right? So he says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. And then he finishes up this verse with this statement that I am always captured by, which is your reasonable service. When we see and understand and enter into what he did for us on the cross, we are arrested. We are in awe mm -hmm. and it commands us to respond. Yes. And this is the good response. Well, and, and that's the thing. What, that, what does the response look like? Mm -hmm. How are we to present ourselves? What are we to do to have victory? Well, the first thing that we have to understand from first Peter is he says, look, you're pilgrims, you're sojourners. This is not your home. You're passing through. Philippians 3.20, Paul says the same thing here in Philippians 3.20. For our hour, this is the Christian. Remember, this whole podcast is the position of the Christian, the lost man This does not apply to the lost woman, the lost child. This is for because you can't have godly discipline and godly victory if you don't have God. Yeah. This is his strength flowing through us. We'll, we'll, it will be established through these personal daily disciplines. There's a song we used to, I still teach it to children. Be careful little eyes what you see. Yeah. Be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful little feet where you go. For your father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little feet, little eyes, little ears, what you hear, where you go. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. These basic disciplines, yeah. what we're going to see, what we're going to hear, where we're going to go, who we're going to be with, that's going to make all the difference in the world. Right. And just like Peter is saying, listen, you're sojourners, you're pilgrims, you're not of this world, meaning that that we don't partake of the things of, of the world's society. Paul says the same thing in Philippians 3.20. For our citizenship is in heaven, for which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven now. Isn't that neat? I don't fully comprehend that, but it's awesome. It is amazing, right? And so as spiritual sojourners... Uh, we have to shun the things of the world. Now, that being said, this is part of Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, right, th that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. So now these are some hands-on things that we can do to help us accomplish Romans 12, 1 and First uh, Peter 2, 11. And it's First John to 15 through 17 because remember we have to shun the things of the world we can't be what the world is it says do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world and here are the three things that are in the world now mind you these are the three categories of sin and the mm -hmm. only three ways that a man or a woman can sin and it might look different for each person, but these are the only three categories of sin that someone can do. Mm -hmm. Verse 16 says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, flesh the lust of the, the eyes, eyes, and the pride, pride of, of life. life. Those three. 
everything's categorized under them. Yep. And that's why when it says in uh, Jesus was tempted in all ways that we are, well, these are the only three ways, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and pride of life, you know, cause people were like, well, Jesus was tempted with homosexuality. No, he was not. He was tempted with lust of the flesh, which was food. You're hungry. Turn the stone in the bread, uh, lust of the eyes, come up on top of this mountain. Everything you see, I'll give you. Mm-hmm. Pride of life. Oh, you're the son of God. Jump off this cliff and and He'll give his angels charge over you. And yeah, 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 yeah. So, so when we look at this, we have to understand that number one, Jesus was not tempted with drunkenness and homosexuality and pedophilia and adultery. And well, first off, he wasn't even married to be. It was just so foreign know. to his person. Yeah, he's not tempted by that. No, no. And so when you look at all that's in the world. Those are the three things. And so different sins for different people are fall under these categories, but you can't sin any other way than these three ways. Mm-hmm. I remember the early part of my journey had great people come alongside me with these truths. And uh, I think of uh, Jack Wurtzen, uh, founder of uh, Word of Life International, yeah. uh, Word of Life Bible Institute. You go to Word of Life for a camp, they give you quiet time diary. They open the word of God every day. And at a child's level, they have the children's thing and right. the adult level. And they have their, all their students, man, you are in that quiet time diary. You're they in. hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. You have to read the word of God every day, hide God's word in your heart, because he knew that if you get that down, you're, you're on your way to a good, well, faithful, fruitful journey. And, and we're going to talk about what happens when you don't in this though, it says, um, that, for all this in the world, for everything the world offers you, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and a pride of life, that's not of the Father, but it's of the world. It's not of God, it's of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. In other words, the world and everything that people are desiring is passing away, is dying off. Temporary. But he who does the will of God abides forever. And so we see here that we're not to love the world. Mark 4, 19, Jesus says, and the cares of this world. And then he explains it. The deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in and choke the word, the gospel, the things of the, the written in the Bible. And it becomes unfruitful because we so focus on the cares of the world that we quit focusing on the things of God and we die. Yeah, I love how you put scripture on top of scripture on top of scripture. But, you know, I, I remember as a, as a young person, you know, you got to be disciplined. And, and then I play sports and football, and I realized that, you know, discipline is really important. It's very important. Because yeah, the fourth quarter is coming in the game. And if you're not physically in shape, the other team will just – if you're average, uh, if you're pretty equal yeah. and they're better, they're better prepared than you are, they wipe you out in the fourth quarter. Yep. So I begin to realize at the sports level – Yeah, because they realize all we got to do is take you out into the deep water. Just wear you out. And then we'll run over you. Yep. And uh, running out of gas uh, uh, too soon is, is – Amazing, and I remember good people coming alongside of me. And here, do you have a Bible reading schedule? No. Well, here's one for you. Right. And you know, I'm reading here, and then you can you can read every day. It only take you ten minutes. And started out, and and got started. That's right. huge. Get started. Right. You, know, you don't have to read through the Bible, you know, every month or anything like that. But get started. And and I did. And then I'd see Jack Carr was the man who did that. I loved. He's in heaven now. <laughs> He, he, he kicked my butt right. a few times. I needed it, but he loved me, and I knew it was love. 
And but then, but he also knew what it was going to take to keep you in the word rather than the world. And he would check up on me. He'd uh, I'd see him at a church on Wednesday night and what you read today, Brother Duke. And I told him, I felt such joyful, you know, I told him because he read the same thing. Right. And I'd reverse on him. How'd you do? What'd you read today, Jack? And of course he was on top of it. Right. I never, right. never got to bust on him a little bit, but accountability. It was, and, and I didn't know what was going on. I just thought, by Jack, he's an older brother in Christ. I love him. And he wants me to grow. And I didn't realize how powerful it was, but I got started. Right reading the word then you get addicted to the word and then it was like oh i gotta do this then it's like i can't wait to do this so the disciplines start out like oh you gotta do that and it's like that doesn't last very long right. until the re- the reward the, the, of the reward discipline is the excitement kicking. comes in yeah, with, with then, the reward then you grow then yeah. you, you start having new horizons yeah. and new goals colossians 2 8 <clears throat> Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. Do you know what the number one thing that students take when they go to college? Philosophy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah, I'm getting a degree in philosophy until I figure it out. And you know what? The, what's happening is they are cheating them through philosophy and empty deceit. And then the scriptures go on and say this: according to the tradition of men according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ and the things of Christ. And they come up talking about karma and the yin and the yang. <laughs> yeah, yin yang you. <laughs> and they don't believe in God, but did you check the stars this morning? It's like, oh man, rooted and grounded in Christ or we're caught in the, the thinking of the world. Absolutely. One well, will build you up and one will tear you down. And and here's the thing. If you are if you are born of God, which first John five four says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is uh and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Yeah. Our faith. It's our faith. Yeah. Our faith. Guys, I'm gonna tell you, if you're gonna have godly discipline, you have to exercise your faith and you have to separate yourself from the world. I mean, you have listen, there's gonna be some decisions that you're gonna have to make that's really going to demand things from you, but it'll also allow you to play in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there's a process, but with that process comes victory, and it's through faith. In Christ, I always liked winning more than I like losing. Winning, man, I'm I'm telling you, I am so I am I love winning. But you know, it's really neat in Christ. My win is not your loss. My win is your win, absolutely. And your win is my win because we 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 carry one another. Yeah, yes, I love it. I love it. Uh, Hebrews reminds believers that we're just traveling through a country, Mm -hmm. right? And you might make a brief stay, you may not, but th- this is not our home. Verse 13 through 16, Hebrews chapter 11, these all died in faith. Now, talking about the, the heroes of the faith, you know, the faith chapter, chapter 11, these all died in faith. These are Old Testament saints, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Listen, they saw the scriptures, what they had. They believed the scriptures, what they had. They were looking forward to the scriptures that they had. 
And they realized this isn't my home. And these promises, even though they hadn't come yet, they were as good as done. They were done because <laughs> they just, were promises of God. And we just haven't got to that place where they become the reality. I remember as a new believer when all these things were kind of brand new to me and uh, the disciplines began like, you know, uh, my friend Roach will show up. Hey, dude, we're having a party down down at the park tonight. Be there, be square. I'm like, you know, I, I, I had a huge ego, and I was kind of <laughs> life of the party. I was a, the drug dealer. Everybody came to me, and I'd stopped. I was done with right. that. But, you know, come on down for old time's sake, man. And I knew that just all oh, that is just drugs. and Right. Just yeah, old time's sake take you down. All it was alcohol, drugs, and fornication. That's all that, it was. That's all it was. All, it was. all it ever was, all it'll ever be. It's like. No, that's who I was. That's right. not who I am. Right. And so I had to choose. I'm not going down to the park to the party. It was a decision that I made because I love Jesus. But that's what discipline is. Discipline is that decision today to have victory tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Verse 14 of Hebrews 11 says this, For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have opportunity to return. But now, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Listen, we're pilgrims, we're passing through, and God has prepared a home for us. Now, since... Christians are not part of the world and the world system. That's what we're talking about. Then they have to abstain from certain things, mainly lust, uh, um, lust of flesh, pride of life. Yeah, um, lust right. Of the eyes. Yeah. Those those things. Romans eight five through nine. For those who live according to the flesh, set that. This is the key, guys. You have to listen to this. If we're guilty of living in sin, this is going to be why. If we're guilty, this is why. Mm-hmm. It's pretty pretty simple, isn't it? For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. You have determined, set your mind on, focused on the things of the flesh. You're gonna go. It, it, it's gonna take. It's gonna kick your butt. Is what's gonna happen. But I love the butts in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> But those who live according to the spirit, the spirit is, uh, the S is capitalized in spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit. But those who live according to the Holy Spirit, the things of the Holy Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I remember the summer I met Joellen. I was so <laughs> overwhelmed with love for that girl, still am. She was absolutely beautiful. Outside of my league, I married way up, you know that. Right. <laughs> but, you know, that was my verse right, right there. Because here is a beautiful, godly a young woman, and um, I desired her. But I did not want it to be a carnal, a worldly relationship. I didn't even hold her hand. Not for a lack of desire, but I didn't even hold her hand. And she was only about a year old in the Lord, and she said, well, because things start happening in our hearts. And right. It was pretty obvious that I was crazy about her. And she asked me one night, why, you haven't even held my hand. You haven't given me a kiss. And this this was the verse I gave her. I don't want to be carnally minded. I want you to know that I love who you are. 
as a, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, as a woman, your mind, your, your spirit, your body and face, I can live. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, I really desire that, but right. you, you are more than a pretty face. You are more yeah. than a very, uh, attractive woman. Right. And I, I don't want our relationship to be carnal. And well, so, because in verse six, it says for to be carnally minded is death. And I didn't want this thing to die. I wanted this thing to grow. And so when I, I think she was feeling a little bit like, do you desire me? I'm like, yes. But then when I told her why she respected me, like, wow, right. I really made her feel like a woman. A well, you woman. put her in such a valuable uh, a pedestal yeah. that, that you're sacred. You're, yeah. you're a, a woman of God. And I respect that. And I don't want our relationship to be carnal. I'll take by faith. The physical part can come and it, and it, in the time came in marriage right. where it did come and it was wonderful. Right. Uh, but well, and, and again, that's, that's what to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. peace. And here we are, uh, 44 years into our marriage. And, you know, we, we abstained from mm -hmm. sexual activity by the grace of God in our courtship and time. Of course, living 700 miles apart was very helpful. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Missouri. She's in Detroit, uh, Michigan and road every day, but that this is, these verses are very real and they're they very to everyday well, life. They and they do. will provide because we can look at our children and say, hey, refrain from sexual activity. We did by the grace of God. You can right. by the grace of God. Well, and, but and even if you look in Hebrews chapter 12, verses one and two, it says, for we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses uh, that confirm the word. And those witnesses are all the saints in chapter 11 that lived it out and proved it to be true. Mm-hmm. Amen. Those are the witnesses, not people watching us. That's not, that's not what it's saying. It's not the people watching us. It is the witnesses that have lived this out and they can verify the truth of what the writer of Hebrews is saying. They walked in victory and so can we. Absolutely. But there's reasons they walked in victory and these are the reasons why we can as well. Uh, yep. And so, you know, when but, I but read it's going to take that discipline. But when I first saw these verses as a new believer, like, oh, man, you know, I want to just grab this girl and touch her and kiss her, <laughs> you know, and uh, God said that there'll be a time for that. Mm -hmm. Just follow my ways. And so I was making her feel her ultimate value by hands off. Right. And uh, so it's just amazing Isn't to live amazing? through. And that's so contrary to the world, by the way. Yeah. And, well, I lived in the world. I know how that worked and it didn't yeah. work out for yeah. me. So I wanted to do everything biblically. Right. Right. And now fast forward. Yeah, and, and, years. But you still desire to just like attack. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still a guy, you know? Yeah. Right. You're like, Ugh. but she could see uh, Christ in me right. by keeping right. my hands off of her, not right. trying to be alone and making out and all that. You know, we took that by faith. Right. And uh, it, everything worked out really well. Well, verse 7 explains the difference of the mind because the carnal, the worldly, the earthly mind is enmity against God or war against God. Yeah, the world says, if it feels good, do it. And God's word says, if it feels good, be careful, yeah. don't do it. Yeah, yeah, right? And then it goes on, for it is not subject to the law, nor indeed can it be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. If you're struggling, but you're living the way of the world and in the flesh, you can't please God 
you're not going to please God and you're going to, your spirit's going to war against what you're doing if it's contrary to God and you're a Christian. Now, if you're not a Christian, you could give two rips less about what the word of God says and there's no conviction in any of it. Feels good to do it. Can be yeah. the one you love, love the one you're with. <laughs> yeah, right. I just heard that last night, actually. Oh, my goodness. Two o'clock right. in the morning, love the one you're with. But verse 9 <laughs> says this, but you are not in the flesh, Amen. but in the spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. If indeed the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not Christ's. As we look at this and we are seeing that this is laid out so clearly. And if you want victory, this is where it's at. Then if you go into Romans 8, 12 through 13, therefore, because of everything we just said, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. I see clear instruction and I see clear warning. Romans 13, 14 says this, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill it's lust. I'll make application on that. Make no provision for the flesh. When my unsaved days, BC days, uh, I learned from my father, I had a huge collection of pornography. Mm -hmm. Had a drawer. My mom was so used to it from her husband, from her sons. Just put it in a drawer. She didn't touch it. Even though I wasn't saved, we used to call them dirty books. Mm. Even though I wasn't saved. Right. And we just knew that that was, uh, I just knew. Well, you knew, listen, when you got to start hiding it, you know. Yeah. And I knew. Right. And, uh, I, and I was convicted, but I didn't have any kind of strength. Right. You know, I, without Christ, you don't have any strength. In the morning after I got saved. That was one of the first things to go. I, I woke up at 5 a.m. on purpose. I set my alarm because I didn't want my mom to see me carrying this stuff out. It was just, I was ashamed of it. And uh, I got up at five o'clock in the morning. Those are back in the days we had burn barrels. <laughs> and I went out, I cleaned out that drawer and I went out and had a little fire at five in the morning. And uh, my mom <laughs> wakes up about seven and sees smoldering. What's a, who built a fire? What's that all about? I said, uh, just, just cleaning house a little bit, mom. And she didn't know what I was talking about, but uh, I felt cleaner. Right. See, that would have been provision for the flesh. Yeah. And I had my old life and now thankfully I have a new life in Christ. Yeah. But see, that's but, a discipline. You, when, when the spirit touches you and convicts you and speaks to you, listen to him, man. Galatians five sixteen and 17. I say then walk in the spirit, the Holy spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. If you are battling and you're Christian, this is only for Christians. The whole podcast is for Christians because the, the, those that don't believe don't understand this and they'll think it's foolishness. But if you're a Christian and you're battling 
Um, and, and listen, I get it. I'm telling you, nobody's innocent of this stuff. Yeah, this is every man's battle, especially women have battles too. I think men battle more with the lust of the flesh and women. Because we're activated by sight and, yeah. and, and then we see something that we desire. And if we're not careful. Mm-hmm. And I think women are more uh, uh, prone to lust of, of the eyes of materialism. And yeah. you know, it's the women want to go shopping, you know, it's the guys that want to go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when we see this thing is listen, if you are warring within yourself to do something that, and you're, you're born again and you know it, that is God telling you, whoa, back off. Be Stop. cautious. Be Stop. cautious. Yes. Make no provision for the flesh. You know, as a pastor, I really made no provision for the flesh by not meeting alone with women mm-hmm. in the building. I had a big window. My whole front of my office was a window so people could see in my office. I would counsel women, but there's, you know, there's 15 other people walking right. by to see what they can't hear, but they can see that right. I'm sitting behind my desk and this woman is sitting, you know, in an appropriate place, but just making, I wouldn't go out and riding around alone with a woman in a car and just making no provision for the flesh, not only for uh, my own temptation, but also others could see us alone and that they could uh, falsely accuse. Yeah. Even if it's totally innocent. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's an accusation that can happen falsely accused. And so just make no provision for that. It's just common sense. Yeah. And I would tell a lady that, that, you know, well, can you meet me at, 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 you know, at Thursday night at seven o'clock? I said, well, if your husband can't, no, I just want to talk to you. I said, well, I can meet you in office hours and I'd explain why. And it's like, Okay, that makes sense mm-hmm. because I want to be pure. I want to be holy. Right. I don't want to. Well, you know, Peter says uh, to First Peter two eleven says to abstain. Right, that word abstain literally signifies that saints have the ability by the new life and the indwelling Spirit. That's the key. Like you have the Holy Spirit in you to restrain the lustful flesh, even in a postmodern culture dominated by sensuality immorality and moral relativism Mm -hmm. yeah we have the ability only because of the holy spirit yeah and that's why i say this is for the saved the christian not the lost the lost does not have this you know a lot of times they make no provision for the flesh we're thinking on on sexual things and that but you know it goes a lot beyond that it goes way beyond uh Make no provision for the flesh. I know there's certain people that if I got together with them, it's just going to be on a very low level of right. communication, and it's 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 not going to honor God. Yeah, everything about it is going to go downhill. And it's like I, I be careful mm-hmm. who you hang out with. Yeah, and uh, I I'm, I don't want to be like better than thou and you know anything like that because right. right. I'm not. But there's I, a difference. Yeah, there's a just, separation. You're called to be different. We are absolutely and separate. Yeah. And by the way, there there's a difference between being different and separate than what there is better than. Yeah, it's nothing. I'm better than no one. But exactly. on the other hand, I don't want to come down on that lower level. If right. they're going to be using bad language and they're going to uh, be talking, you know, uh, sexual innuendos, and they're just going to be. Uh, gossiping and they're just going to be negative and put everybody in, uh, down. It's like, I don't want to be around that. Right. And so be careful little feet where you go, be careful who you hang out with. And, um, you know, I've had people in my life that were kind of the, you know, Debbie Downers, you know, right, right. and, um, 
and I don't want to go down there. Right. So what I would try to do is invite that that downer person into some kind of a spiritual uh, arena. Well, well, who's the downer person? You know, because the when we talk about fleshly lust, it's not limited to sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. It is literally it encompasses, if you will, the evils of humanity's sinful nature. It mm-hmm. covers all, uh, entails all of that. Then Paul warns the Galatians literally what that looks like. Here's what he says. Now, the works of the flesh, if you will, right? The uh, 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 fleshly lusts. The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He makes a pretty good list. Sounds like the average uh, high school nearby, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Um, But when people see... Christ, believers, right? Unredeemed uh, humanness all of a sudden becomes redeemed. The lost gets saved. Romans 8.23 says not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption or the redemption of our bodies. Listen, the say we get it. Listen, just because you're born again does not mean you're exempt from these struggles. Mm -hmm. It means that we understand now that we are in a battle. Before, we just gave in and went with the flow. But now the Holy Spirit is inside of us saying, don't go there. That'll burn. That'll that'll hurt you. That will tear you down. Uh, Go here. This will build you up. You know. Well, and and Peter uses the term in in first Peter two eleven that where he says that he used the phrase which wage war against yeah. the soul. I have an illustration I use in my basic bio discipleship program of use forever. It's like there's two dogs living inside of the same cage and they're strength strong, beautiful male German shepherds. One is one is a uh, solid black and the other has uh, some cream color mixed in and they just, and they're fighting for the dominion of the cage. Cause that's kind of what's happening in us. We have the spirit warring yeah. against the flesh. So you go out in the morning and you give the, you let the, the black one out and you feed it and you water it and you let it exercise. You give nothing to the, the cream colored dog, dog in the cage. And then at the end of the day, you put the dog in, they go to sleep second day and do the same thing two, three days in a row. Maybe the fourth day, uh, you don't let either one of them out. You throw a chunk of meat in and they're going to go for that meat. Now the cream colored dog hasn't had anything and he wants it so bad, but by now he's so weakened that that black one's going to dominate. He's going to, he's going to take it. Uh, he's going to win. Who's going to win the battle of the spirit and the flesh within us? The one you feed the, the most. The one you feed. That's right. But not only do we feed, make no provision for the fat flesh is kind of the, is kind of the, 
we're feeding one side, starving the other side is what I'm trying to say. I want to starve my flesh and feed my spirit. We're feeding our spirit right now. You're listeners, you're feeding your spirit right now. But um, these are the daily disciplines, the decisions. I'm not going there because of this. I'm right. not going to be with these people because of these reasons. And we come out, the Bible says, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. I'm right. not separate because I'm better than anybody. You're separate, separate because, because I need to be. If you're going to have victory in your life, you have to be. I have to be separate. I remember it was hard separating myself from but, my friends. But, but remember this. Look at look at your Olympians. Yeah. Yeah. Look at, seriously. If, Hello. If, if for them to win the gold, which yeah. is their goal, they can't go out with their friends. Where do they spend their time? I mean, you they're going to spend their time at the sport that they're trying to win gold in. And they don't have time for the things of the world because they're too busy trying to obtain the gold. And it affects what they eat. It affects their what sleep, they sleep. Everything. It affects their relationship with alcohol and drugs. It affects who they, who they hang out with mm-hmm. and why not for why. And he said, you do this for a, a corruptible crown. We do it for the souls of men. We do it for the glory of yeah. God, and An but you know crowd. It, that initial that initial decision I had to make it, that I I had to separate myself from some some people that was so hard for me, but I had to do it and I did it. And they said, "Oh, you think you're better than me?" No, I don't. Right. But they said it anyway, and it hurt me. Yeah. I did separate, but you know what? But after you, I got strong. I went back in on little gospel raids. I kind of raid over to their house when their the party's not going on. Get them one on one and share the gospel with them. Not I, before I went to Bible college, I visited every one of my friends one on one to share the gospel with Amen. them, tell them my story, and they they'd call each other say, "Has Duke been by yet? You know, <laughs> he's going to come and preach to you," and and I did, and not one of them, not one, listened to me in the moment. But down the road, by the yeah. time we had our 20-year high school reunion, Gary Constance got saved. Roach got saved. How about that? Schmal- my name was Arthur Schmalman from Sundance, Idaho, my alias drug name. Roach got saved. Schmally got saved. Dallas Waggle, he was a fabulous guitarist and a top 10 band in America. Ah. He's a pastor today. Isn't that crazy? And so I witnessed to all these people. And it was a seed planted. And down the road, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years. You got the fruit of the labor. Bunch of them got saved. Yeah. Debbie Ward got saved. Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. So you're young in faith. Come out from among them. Plug into your church deeper. Get in the word of God daily. Uh, hide God's word in your heart. Get these disciplines down. And you will love the fruit that comes from it down the road. Well, because it's such sweet fruit. Paul talks about intense struggle. In Romans 7, 14 through uh, 23, Paul says this, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal. I'm sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do or desire to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, I do. I mean, the flesh is there. Hey, Paul, uh, let me bring you down, man. Right. I'll, I'll be glad to destroy you. Oh, right. Listen to me. It'll feel so good. Oh, man. He goes on in 16. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. 
For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Then he goes on. I'm not going to stop there, but I read that to show you that there's this war going on. Paul, who is the greatest apostle of all, he understands the war. He's sharing the war. He's explaining the war. But then he says, but I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so that with the mind, I myself, as he goes on, I myself serve the law, but with the flesh, the law of sin. There is no condemnation in Christ. And then he starts talking about, if I'm going to have victory, I can only have victory through Jesus Christ. But he puts all that out there to say, listen, I get it. I understand how sin wages war on the soul, on the flesh. But we don't have to lose the battle. Yeah, we're all in the battle. But here's my favorite verse on this whole topic. This has probably been the verse that's brought me most victory. Can't wait to share with you. It just takes a, a second here, Johnny. Romans 8, 20. I'm going to read the verse. It won't pop out at you. It will break it down. You're going to say, oh, my okay. goodness, there it is. Romans 8, 20. For the creature, that's you and I, was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. I remember reading that and like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I broke it down. The creature, that's you and me, was made, who made us, uh, God did. How How did he make us? Subject to vanity. That's what we're talking about. Uh, the things I don't want to do, I do. We're subject to vanity. Things I, I want to do, I don't do. Why? We're subject to vanity. That my flesh is vain. It wants to be bigger, better, more cool. It, it wants to do a lot of evil things. God made us subject to vanity. The moment I got saved, he could have translated us right to heaven. But he didn't. That would have been a blessing. He didn't. He (laughs) left us here, and he has a reason for everything he does. Right. Subject to vanity. Boy, are we subject to vanity. That's an understatement. I love this. Not willingly. I don't want to be stupid. I don't want to be subject to vanity. I'd like to live above that. But by reason of him, God has a reason. He subjected us to this. He Let's us be in this battle, flesh against the spirit. Here, last two words. I love this. In hope. In hope. You and I brought children into the world who could break our heart. Mm-hmm. They're going to break our wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Given time. <laughs> they're expensive. They're, they're self-centered. They, they make messes. They get, yeah. keep you up at night. And that, and they can break our hearts, but we brought them in the world anyway, in hope, in hope that as we pour everything we are into them, correcting them and providing for them and picking them up and comforting them, kissing their boo-boos and going to their little events and, incur- and as we just pour everything that we are into them, that one day in hope they get it and say, and, and, and not just because I'm your dad, but respect us yeah, and love us and then want to do exactly the same for their children as we did for them the hope. in hope. And God 
could have made it different, but he, he set it up this way. I still have to flesh the battle in hope that we'll draw to him. Yeah. And hope that our relationship, I just be a little more right. dependent upon him and not try right. to do it in my own power. Cause I'm a mess. Well, you talk about a mess prior to conversion. All sinners live under the dominance of fleshly lust. Ephesians two, one through three. And you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of, of wrath, just as the others once, right? I, he made you alive who was dead and who once walked and who once was and who, who were and used to be, but that was then. And thank God this is now we it have is, been quickened old King James version yeah. made alive in Christ and his spirit dwells in us. His spirit instructs us in our flesh says that that's too hard. You can't do that. That won't work. Do it your way. And, uh, but we recognize the voice of the flesh. Well, Ephesians chapter five, uh, eight through 11 for you were once darkness, but now you are light of the Lord. Mm hmm. Right now we are representatives of God. So therefore walk as children of representatives of God. It says of light, but you get what I'm saying. Verse nine, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. When we look at this, we, listen, we are not to be part of the world. We are to show the world that they need Jesus by being the light and children of light. Mm -hmm. Amen. And so once we're saved, God commands believers to abstain from being driven by lust. Do not, First uh, John 2, 15 and 17, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, this father is not in him. Remember, we we read this earlier. Abstain from that once you're saved. Second Corinthians six, sixteen through seven one. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and I will walk among them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. Therefore, because God is willing to walk with us and be a part of us and be in us. Therefore, come out from among them. Who's them? The world. And be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. And so as we look at this, we see that, that God says, you have to separate yourself from the world. Verse 18, I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, because of what I just told you, having these promises, beloved Christian, right? Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, which that spirit is little s because it's the human spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. That is, he wants us to grow. He oh wants us goodness. to 
to have victory. He wants us to be clean. He wants us to have a clear conscience. He wants others to see our victory so that they can, we can bring them hope. Oh, what a, what a walk. All right. Here's the key. We're going to wrap this up. Here's the key. The key to abstaining from fleshly desires we find in Galatians 5, 16. I say then, this is Paul talking, and he's just, he simplifies it. So simple. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There you go. Done. Feed, feed, feed the uh, right dog. And feed starve. the right dog, right? <laughs> and starve the other one. Yeah. And then we have to exercise godly discipline. First Corinthians 9, 27. Paul says, but look, I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Listen, he says, I on purpose, literally, and that bring my body into subjection. If you look that up in the Greek, it literally means he physically beats his body into subjection where it needs to be as a runner would to run a race, as a, body, a power lifter would to build his body. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's Watching what he eats, uh, looking out for his, uh, his uh, health, well-being, mm -hmm. and the older you get. This, this becomes a, a more of an important part of our lives, yeah. you know, yeah. keeping our, our body, uh, our appetites under control, uh, you know, taking care of God's temple. Because if you want to have quality of life physically in the latter years, you have to bring yourself into subjection. We've lived that way. And at, at age 67, I'm still able to go out and, and, and do a good hard day's work and, right. and enjoy it. I still got a lot of bodily function left. But uh, these are so important. And what a yeah. dividend it pays, you know. Right. I was getting wood one time and a guy allowed me to get wood off their property. They were cutting it down and the guys that were cutting it down were in their twenties. Well, I'm in my fifties and man, they cut these trees down and I'm picking up these massive logs. I'm throwing them in my truck, you know, and my truck is sagging and, and man, I'd go unload it and I'd head back and I'd get another one. And, and he said, uh, his name's Timmy. And he said, how old are you? So I'm in my fifties. Why? And he goes, you work like a crazy man. And if it hadn't been for Jesus intervening, <laughs> you would be dead or in prison. I, right. One and I told him, two. I said, you know, the Bible says, uh, work when it's daylight cause darkness comes and dude, there's work to be done and we're going to, we're, we're going to get it done. And it doesn't matter that I'm in my fifties. What matters is that if we're going to be separate, we have to do things to bring our body into subjection so I keep myself in good health. And then there's this physical requirement that you will not be successful if you don't conquer the physical requirement. Mm -hmm. These daily uh, disciplines uh, of our body. You know, I'd go to these big pastors' conferences around, and 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 uh, I'd go to the gym because I always have gone to the gym, and I'd see, I'd see these guys that were older, even older than me. They were in their sixties and seventies, and they were physically fit. One guy was running marathons up until his seventieth birthday. He ran a marathon, okay. and uh, these they looked younger than they were, and they were strong, and they were physical, and it really inspired me. I want to be one of those guys, right? <laughs> and have quality of life, you know, right. quality of life. Second Corinthians seven one. Therefore, having these promises, beloved Christian, 
Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I am going to tell you this, that the battle, the battle is won or lost on the inside. Yeah. In those quiet trenches, waking up in the morning, are we going to turn to God? Are we going to get fed from the word? Are we going to hear from God first before we hear from man? Are we listening? Are we calling out? Are we asking him for wisdom? Are we asking him for strength? Are we asking him to guide our steps? Because he will. And he well, does. and you, you said it. You said it earlier. The commitment today will bring victory tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But if we fail the commitment today, we'll have no victory tomorrow. No, there's no chance. No chance of it. It's, the battle is won or lost on the inside. James 1, 13 through 15. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Verse 15, then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death. Each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires, and that is a heart condition. Yeah. Johnny, you used a word in our preparation time, uh, the word focus. That's that's where it will be won and lost. If we choose to focus on these things that God laid out for us, we focus on him, on his word, and obedience to that, then things fall into place. Right. And if we don't, we're on our own. We're well, no match for the world. It the falls apart. Devil. Yeah. You know, uh, here's the coolest thing, guys. Blessings come with obedience. We find this in James 1.12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. I want you to see that blessed is the man who endures temptation. Guys, listen, we're all tempted. We're all going to struggle. We're all going to fight this battle and oh, how the flesh wants what it wants. And we look at something and we find it to be so desirable. But if we fail to control ourselves, we bring forth sin and sin when it's full grown brings forth forth death. I pray that you bring your body into subjection to what God has for you so that you don't bring forth death. I hope that this has helped you. If it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless.